Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Konnichiwa, my peeps. <laughs> Hoping this finds us all warm and well. We are going all Japanese on you today now. I hope you go sour. Hey, what a cold week it has been. Well, it has been cold. I hope you guys are keeping warm. Mm, keep warm, man. Nunua hita, duve. Kunua chai, drink hot stuff. This is the time to stock up on vitu tamu tamu, chai. Your sugar, I hope, is, I hope you have tea, man. Hey. <laughs> Karibuni sana. This is Fred Alexander Oyola. As usual, man, I'm the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi. So glad, man. I am so glad, so glad that you've chosen to listen in from wherever you are. God richly bless you. And may he speak to you today. This month, like you know, we are on a new podcast series. For those who don't know, we are on a new podcast series. It is simply titled Rest. And just like I've been asking every week and we'll be asking throughout this month, are you at rest? Do you feel rested? Especially with the state of the country and the world, the state of our homes, the state of our jobs, state of our future, the state of tomorrow. The world has pressed the post button, but do you feel posed? Mm. Do you feel rested in your heart? Is your mind at rest? Is your soul at rest? Today we continue with the series with the second podcast message. But before we get into it, quickly, just uh, allow me to share these notices. Remember our social media handles, Nairobi Chapel and Makasi. That's, the, that's our name. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Just click on there, Tutafute. Look for us. We are there. You'll find us. Check out our bio link. We are using the link tree app. An amazing, an amazing platform. And uh, on it, we have our podcast conversations, all our podcast sermons, uh, especially for this month. We're using the Anchor FM website podcast platform. Amazing. Anchor FM, you guys, God bless you, man. Uh, on there, we have our giving details. We have our food bank. Uh, and Im- can you imagine our food bank? Because of your giving, your generous giving, guys, we have done over a thousand families up to now. Oh my goodness. God bless you, man. God bless you. God richly remember you. Those of you who've given and um, have just been a blessing to us. Our children crafts are on there on our bio link. And our devotions for the week, especially um, for the children. Our children will notice, and especially in this season that we don't even know how we're going to cope with the next six months. This is an amazing time. Get the devotions on there. Parents get involved. Guardians, just let's get on the face of our children with good material this coming few months. And finally, remember, if you need to communicate to us, there is a line on there that gets straight to us. If you have questions, comments, something you want to discuss, just holler at us, man. We are on. The Lord has been pounding on my heart with this rest issue for some time now. And I pray and believe that it will be an encouraging message to us this month. As we get to unpack the truth behind this loved but somehow misunderstood subject. Last week, we started off the series with the genesis of rest. We looked at the genesis story of creation and how it has the epitome of our existence in a nutshell. 
We looked at how God begins by declaring, let there be light and finishes on day six with the creation of animals and the being Adam. Hmm? This guy was fine, people. And then he gets to the seventh day of which he allocates rest. Hmm, that's where it began. We looked at how he blesses the seventh day and makes it holy because on it, he says, he rested from all the work of creation he had done. We looked at how Adam is then given responsibility of keeping the Garden of Eden and also in the giving of names to the creatures of the land. God then recognizes that Adam has no suitable helper. He was going solo from all the creatures and decides to create one beautiful babe from his rib. Eh? And just when it seems like it's a happily ever after kind of scenario, the two are rejected from the beautiful garden. We then looked at what caused this painful exit from the garden. They were thrown. We looked at the following verses in the same book of Genesis in answering the question of the exit. Genesis 1, 1 to 5, where God declared light into existence. We looked at Genesis 2, 3, where God declares the seventh day as a day of rest after completing creation. We looked at Genesis 2, 15 to 17, where God gives Adam the directives for staying in the garden. And we finally summarize that if God could rest, we can also rest and we can't go without it. Who are you not to rest? At we'll only sleep when we die. Hey, hey, stop that. You know, that is not of God. The Garden of Eden was a picture of the heavenly and eternal rest and without measure. Think about that. We summarize that disobedience in God or to God in the garden destroyed the rest Adam and Eve had with God. It destroyed it. Even led to cursing. But we also summarize that God still decided to restore his relationship and eternal rest with us through Christ Jesus. Think about that. I want us to read the Bible. If you can open your Bibles to first, uh, to, uh, Bible to first Kings chapter 19. That is our reading for today. That's where our portion of scripture is from. First Kings chapter 19. We read from verse 1 to 10. Allow me to read for us. Verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel his wife all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more so if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and reigned for his life. This is Elijah. Went to be a Sheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself continued to run. Alikimbia, he was in fear, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now. Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Imagine that. Verse 6, Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. Mm. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And he, hey, and he, then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. Oh, my kind of angel, cake, my friend, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate the cake. Oh, my goodness. And drank. 
and he went in the strength of that food. Cake. And then you guys say that cake is not important. Is any stuff. And went in the strength of the cake. <laughs> forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. This is Elijah. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone, Elijah said, am left, and they seek to take my life. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, speak to us today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our never-sleeping and never-slumbering intercessor and Savior. Amen. Say many amen, Buana. Say amen. Javaskia, say amen. Isn't it always shocking when you get into a birthday party or a family gathering and some stranger just shows up? You know those guys? Almost uninvited. He's uninvited, not almost. He's uninvited. And to make matters worse, ends up being the life of the party. You know those guys? Do you remember that student that just showed up to school one day as if out of nowhere and somehow ended up being the most famous kid in school? I mean, it was you. <laughs> I'm almost mentioning names, but ah, Sita Sema. That was the case with the prophet and activist, Elijah. This dude just shows up in 1 Kings chapter 17, two chapters before what you just read, and causes a star for the next almost five chapters leaving such an indelible mark that we today remember him more than most of the other prophets from his time. He shows up in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. All the way, the last time we hear of him is the second chapter of the book of Kings. Of the second book of Kings, chapter number 2. Can you imagine? He shows up at a time in Israel where the whole nation is displaying its apostate nature. In following the man-made idol Baal, amongst many others. Their, their obedience to the teachings and guidelines given to them are a far cry from where they are currently. And God tries so hard to get to them by sending them prophets who try as hard as they can to remind them of God's holistic ways. As you study through the books of the kings of Israel, it becomes apparent that they are not going to change their ways. It is so sad, it is so bad, that the books end up with the nation in captivity. Can you imagine that? It is sad, man. Think about it. But Elijah comes in, and how God uses this guy, hey, powerful stuff, Elijah starts off with a very bold and hair-raising declaration. When he enters the scene, he declares that there will neither be rain nor dew in the land for the next three years. He declares it. From God, obviously, but he's bold enough to declare it. Remember, he can get killed. God then commands him to go hide with the brook Cherith. These are the things that Elijah does. Just bear with me. He commands him to go hide after declaring this crazy famine a period. God tells him, hey Buddha, go hide by the brook Cherith where I will feed you using ravens. They brought him meat in the morning 
and meat and bread in the evening. Imagine that. God commands him later to go be fed by the widow in Zarephath, who only had a little flour and oil in a jar to prepare and eat with the sun and then die. She feeds him and her jars never run out. You know the story? The widow's son dies later, remember? And Elijah is staying with the widow. As Elijah is staying with the widow. And Elijah raises the widow's son back to life. These are things that God does through this man that just appears out of nowhere. God then commands him later to go back to Kinhab after three years, but after three years, and declare the return of rain. Before that, Elijah asking King Ahab and uh, all the 850 false idol prophets in the land to meet him at Mount Carmel, where they can once and for all determine which God is the God to be worshipped. You know the story how it went. An amazing portion of scripture. After the false, false gods uh, don't show up, God then shows up on Elijah's sacrifice and all the false prophets are killed. 850 of them. None of them was left. Elijah then directs King Ahab and his servant of the coming rain which eventually returns to the land. Imagine, this guy just showed up and look at how God is using him. Elijah then warns King Ahab to go ahead of him to avoid the rain because it's going to be heavy. But he later runs into a flash mode. Eh? No flash. Mr. Zoo. And may disappear. And overtakes King Ahab over a 26-kilometer distance that was between Mount Carmel and Jezreel. This guy did a, a flash act on the king. Can you imagine? He just showed up the other day. Now he's doing superhuman stuff. Jezebel, after learning what happened, promises to kill, king, uh, to kill Elijah. Over the Mount Carmel display. And then Elijah hides again in the wilderness. Where, they, where an angel of God feeds him. Like we've just read. With heavenly food. Remember there was cake. Oh guys I love cake. There was cake. And takes him. This cake takes him through a 40 day journey. To the mountain of God at Horeb. God then appears to him on the mountain at Horeb. God is speaking to the, this guy who just showed up. God later sends him to rebuke King Ahab of killing Naboth for his vineyard. Remember that story? God then sends Elijah to the king of Assyria, much later in the, in, in, in the book of Kings, to tell him that he would die of his disease through the king's messengers. Elijah then asks for the fire from heaven to kill the Assyrian king's messengers who ask him to go with them. He killed about a hundred people. In groups of 50. 50 come tell him, hey Elijah, the king has called uh, for you and he needs, he needs you to come and be in his presence. Ah, Elijah is like, mm -mm. if I am the prophet of God, may fire come from heaven and destroy. And that's exactly what happens. Two lots of 50 are destroyed by fire from heaven. This is a guy who just appeared the other day. Finally, Elijah ascends to heaven in a chariot of fire, leaving Elisha as his successor. How many of you. Eh, know that you are going to leave this earth. In a chariot of fire. Eh? Chariot of fire. Chariot of fire. There is nobody else. Who was taken by a chariot of fire. Enoch disappeared. This guy. A chariot of fire came and picked him from earth. And took him into heaven. 
Hey. Can you imagine someone entering the scene and being used in this manner? Elijah didn't just cause a scene. He was the actual scene. <laughs> this guy, his name meant Yahweh is my God. This guy was used in some majestic ways. He spoke to God on numerous occasions. He always followed God and his leading all through. He knew of the God of heaven. So it is safe to say that just like Adam and Eve in the garden was close to God, he had a relationship with God. This guy, just like Adam and Eve, was so close to God. He was he. He, he talked with God. We can actually say this was a man at rest in God. Elijah, unlike most of the prophets in his time, was so close to God, he was taken up in a chariot of fire. What a prophet. But guys, with all that said, something in the life of this chariot of fire man does not add up. Something is just... How does a man who was so close to God to the point he was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire, a man who was by all definitions at rest in God, still experience what can only be termed as fear, discouragement, or I dare say depression. This guy, after doing miraculous works of God at Mount Carmel, where fire from heaven came and took up the sacrifice. How does that man who has seen God even through his angels as they fed him through the ravens run from speech that is from a lady, a king, a, uh, the, the, the wife to the king? How is that even possible? How? What, what happened to this guy? How does this powerful prophet of God who even spoke to God and had a convo of sorts at the mountain at, Herob, at Horeb. Think he's the only prophet around in his time to be used of God. He's almost displaying an ignorance of sorts. He's oblivious. And even a bit prideful in assuming that he's the only prophet still left obeying the Lord in the land. Can you be at rest in the God of heaven? And still battle issues like discouragement, fear, depression, ignorance, oblivion, and even pride. Is that possible? Can you be saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost? Hey, and still be struggling with self? Can you be a minister of God, reaching millions using the word of God and still weak in some area of your life? Hey, Apostle I have touched on areas I'm not supposed to touch. Can you be one like Elijah who hears God, talks to God, and still be in the state of fear for his life that he was in? Guys, the answer is a resolute yes. The answer is a resolute yes. Elijah was so used of God, but just like we've seen, he still had issues. This guy was so busy for God. My goodness, he was running up and down. When God says he moves, God directed him, he goes. 
God knew he could depend on Elijah. They had a, a relationship. He fed him by ravens. Go hide there and I will bring food where I have hidden you. The angels will bring cake, meat, whatever it I will feed you where I send you to hide. Jesus told us through Paul's letter to the Philippian church. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, you know this one. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So when you receive the Lord, please note that you are not complete. You aren't holy yet. You aren't free from all your weaknesses and issues and struggles and the world. He declares you whole and complete, but there's still a work to be done. He declares you free in him, but there's still a work, still a work to be done inside of you. Lest, once you you're better than Jehovah. Proverbs 24.16 testifies of this, telling us that the righteous fall seven times. They will fall seven times, but they will rise again. Proverbs 24.16, that's the word of God. Jesus promised that he had begun a good work on you and I, of making you and I like him, and it will only be complete when we get to heaven. Elijah was chosen by the God Almighty to be his prophet to his nation and still experienced fear, got depressed, showed pride, was oblivious of the fact that there were others out there just like him who believed in the same Almighty God. Imagine that. Just because you are experiencing a weakness in this season, today, last night, last week, You'll experience it tomorrow. Doesn't mean you're not saved. And I pause now to remind you that if you're not in the Lord, oh my goodness, how you're missing out. I want to really speak on those who have received of God, those who accept this God of heaven and have accepted his son who died on the cross for all of us. And I'm telling those people, even you who are wondering or are thinking of getting into salvation. That yes, the Lord will save you. But he begins a work to help you through those spaces in your life that you're struggling with. The weaknesses inside of you and I. Just because you have a side of you that hasn't really that, that has really discouraged you this season, this day, yesterday, tomorrow, doesn't mean you have stopped being a child of the Most High God. Just because my son or my daughter do something so silly as to uh, bring some anger in my soul to the point I feel like I'm going to explode does not mean they're not my children. They are my children. Just because you sleep last night doesn't mean you're now a child of the devil. Especially if you gave your life to Jesus. If you give your life to Jesus, you're still God's child. It simply means you slipped. Do what Jesus told the prostitute woman. Remember, you're forgiven and sin no more. Please recognize that sin will break your rest. It hinders rest. Remember Adam and Eve? Sin made them come out of the Garden of Eden, the rest space of God. The initial heaven of sorts. 
it ejected them from that space, that beautiful garden. And sin now will also hinder your peace in the Lord. Sin will hinder your progress in the Lord. Sin will kill your rest in the Lord. So whatever it is, I beg you by the masters of God, lift it up to the Lord and sin no more. He told us in the same New Testament letter to the Philippian church. Philippians 4.23, we know this one. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We can sin no more through Christ who gives us strength. Believe that and walk in that in Jesus' name. God never addressed Elijah's fear over his death. Especially the death threat from Jezebel. All God asked him was why he was in the mountain of Horeb. Why was he running for his life? Did he not believe that the same God who rained fire from heaven would protect him? Did he not believe that the same God who fed him through the many miraculous deeds would protect him from an earthly queen? Why was he getting so afraid? He had seen the powerful God of heaven. But a moment of weakness, a moment of tiredness, a moment of discouragement threw him off. May it never be that our sin is entangled in the fact that we simply do not believe that God will come through for us. May we never get so tired through the many ups and downs of life that the belief, our belief in God becomes shaken. May we allow ourselves to rest both physically and to rest in the God of heaven. Many have said that they believe Elijah at this point in time was not rested physically and so experienced a rest, an unrest of his soul. That is debatable because everything he did was done by God, but it has a point to it. But may it never be that the sin in our lives is entangled in disbelief. If that's the case, please stop it. And remember the God of heaven who fed you before. Remember the God of heaven who rained fire from heaven for you. Remember the God of heaven who parted the Red Sea. And furthermore, if our circumstances are demanding that we bow down or we may be thrown in the fire, may we never bow down to the outward circumstances, even if God chooses not to deliver us. Remember that story? He showed up in the fire. Being rested in the Lord doesn't mean you still will not have weaknesses that pop up every now and then. It only means that God's rest over your life will continue to perform a good work in you until you get to go up your heavenly chariot express to heaven. So my encouragement to us today is don't give up. Don't give in. And don't give out. Jesus is by our side. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. And the God of heaven is waiting for us to finish the race. So my advice to you, keep on. Let's pray. Almighty God, in the glorious name of our unrested and always interceding Savior, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for reminding us once again of the eternal rest in you. Help us, Jehovah, to understand this rest and to accept 
that there are still impurities in us that you are working to get rid of. We thank you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we prayed, believing. Let's all say Amen. May the Lord bless you guys and keep you and always make his lovely face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he make his favor be your portion even in these times that he's still working on you. And may he bless you with his peace that surpasses all human understanding. The peace that guards our hearts and minds. Till next time guys, next week, remember to rest. Rest.